Yo, Mephers, let's shine bright like diamonds on this episode of Movie. Movie. Film. Film. It's a podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. Yeah, yeah. I'm Nate, and when was the last time the world wasn't falling apart, huh? And I'm Terrell. And when making a business decision, the only color color that matters is green. He got game. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw you, like, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know it. Yeah. Wanted to guess it. Yeah. Yours? Blood Diamond. Blood Diamond. Nice one. Yeah, we're talking uncut gems today. Yes, we are. But first... Jewelry. First, uh, let's just have a, a more general Adam Sandler discussion. Yeah. Yeah, let's... I got them ranked this time. You got, yep. you got I rankings? Don't, I don't have mine's ranked. I just okay. have You got five. a batch of five? Yeah, five. Now, do you have Adam Sandler performances or Adam Sandler movies? I have Adam Sandler movies. Like, just the whole, okay. the whole thing. My, my five is the same. The order is just different. For performances and movies? Yes. That's interesting. <laughs> Well, there's some movies that I think have better Adam Sandler performances, mm-hmm. but I like the movies that have the less, I don't know. It's just the order's different, but uh, if we're not doing them in order anyway. Uh, I got Hotel Transylvania as my number five. Really? Yeah. Um, got, got just his voice. He's, uh, he's Dracula, right? He's Drac, yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, it's the whole gang, like the whole, uh, grown ups gang. Uh-huh. His, uh, revolving door of friends he gets to be in his movies. But I think, uh, it works best in animated form. Uh, that they're very silly and cartoonish anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think Hotel Transylvania was a great vehicle for that. And I love the, uh, New take on the monster lore, and uh, I like the the direction by uh, Jenny Tarkovsky. I don't know his name. Dude, the made Samurai Jack. Right. And I like the first hotel. Well, I like all the Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, the first, three. yeah, the first is definitely the best. Uh, it's not the most consistent mm-hmm. franchise. But yeah, that's my number five. What do you got? Uh, man, there's so many. Uh, okay, I'm gonna, my first one is gonna be Don't Mess With The Zohan. Mm. Um, they, they played hacky sack with a cat. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. that's so funny to me. Um, I mean, the whole movie is really funny, but I remember we, me and my friends, we walked to the movie theater and we wanted to go see the Incredible Hawk one, the, the, um, the Edward Norton one. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, either we missed the time where it was sold out. So we went to go see Don't Mess With The Zohan and we were in there cracking up. Hmm. Yeah, I see how that's like your style. Like it's got like kind of a Stephen Chow yeah. vibe Very, to yeah. the comedy. Outlandish. Yeah. 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 Uh, my number four is uh, probably the Sandler movie I've seen the most. I own it on DVD. Mm-hmm. Grew up with it. It's, I think, his first. Uh, and it was directed by Tamara Davis, who did Half Baked, we talked about recently. Yeah. Is Billy Madison. It's a grown-ass man going back to school, starting at kindergarten. Mm-hmm. He, I just, 
<laughs> he plays just this complete buffoon, mm-hmm. uh, drunkard, uh, rich kid who has to win daddy's approval. Uh, Farley's great in it. Rest in peace to Chris Rest Farley. Rest in peace. You got... It's like not his normal... Well, I guess Buscemi's in it, and he he does he pops up in a lot of Sandler's movies. But it's mm. more like uh, Norm Macdonald over like David Spade, <laughs> which is uh, where my preferences lie. Uh, and that's my favorite of the live action Sandler vehicles, comedy vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, holds a holds a fond place in my heart. When was the first time you saw that movie? Like, were you like really young? Oh yeah, I was too young. Yeah. Okay, I was uh, real disappointed when the when the striptease scene ended. When it ended, oh. <laughs> I was like, "Come on, Billy, study more so I can see real boobs." <laughs> but he didn't didn't know the Spanish Armada. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So next, I have Fifty uh, First Dates. Mm. Yeah, really sweet one. Um. Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler have, like, great chemistry together. Yeah, that's the one... Actually, no, probably Wedding Singer. I was going to say that's the one where I think their chemistry is best, but I yeah. I disagree with the statement I was about to okay. make. Also, I didn't see Blended, so I don't know. Maybe that one's great. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see Blended <laughs> I'd be either. surprised, though. Well, they did three movies together. Yeah. Okay, they're a team. Um, But, yeah, it's just a really sweet movie that made me cry at the end is it sweet it is i don't know i haven't seen it in a while so there might be like i I don't know like what what the problems are with it now but like just like the idea it's like gaslighting the movie (laughs) a man being like hey i'll start every day over with you for Mm -hmm. you because i love you yeah and then at the end like they have a kid and she has to wake up and watch a video and like start her life over it every time yeah 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 Fifty first dates. Fifty first. Okay, here's my number three and my number two switch depending on if it's performance or movie. Mm-hmm. But if we're doing movie, I'm gonna pick my number three as today's one is Uncut Gems. Nice. I it it would have been higher if we were ranking by performances. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can't talk about it without also talking about my number two. So I'm just going to do that. Okay, go ahead. It's between Uncut Gems and Punch Drunk Love. Okay. I really feel like Uncut Gems is like standing on the shoulders of Punch Drunk Love. Mm-hmm. They both are very anxiety producing and mm-hmm. it's, uh, similar, but different. Um, I don't think Uncut Gems would exist without Punch Drunk Love. Right. But uh, and the, the performance in Gems is more complex but um maybe just because i've lived with punch Drunk love longer i'm more fond of that uh i mean we'll talk more about gems yeah <laughs> we will um yeah punch Drunk love is a good one yeah it's a good one i uh i saw that not too long ago when did we watch that like last year yeah yeah i think we, we talked about it on, yeah, briefly it. on one of these episodes yeah and then i was just like i i was just surprised by the tone of the movie because mm-hmm. it's very rare you see adam sandler in a movie like that i like That's it not like, when he works it's with funny but it's not like comedy for it like comedy in your no. face you know what i mean no, no it's not a spoof or anything like it's like him being serious yeah. And like the situation kind of being funny. 
I think you might say on this podcast that it's a film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like it when Sandler is out of his comfort zone. Yeah. Because uh, he does really well. Yeah. But um, he's definitely lazy and, <laughs> and likes money. Yeah. Lazy. He's successful. His he's comedies successful. are successful, yeah. if not yeah. uh, good, <laughs> in my opinion. He's the... I was going to say something. Never mind. Um, next... What do I have next? Oh, Waterboy. Mm-hmm. Bobby Waterboy. Boucher. Bobby Boucher. That's a good one. Him and Kathy Bates. Is it a good one? I don't... I feel like... All, I was looking back at the list, and... I'm going Bill Madison like, has his problems, off of, like, but... memory and nostalgia, because I haven't watched any of these movies in a while. Mm-hmm. But I just remember really liking Waterboy. Okay. You know? It's funny. They're all funny. They're all funny, but um, okay. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I don't. I feel like <laughs> if I had watched these movies recently, I would have more to say about them. Right. I was considering putting. I guess I'll give away that it's not my number one. I was considering putting Big Daddy on this list. Mm-hmm. If I, I feel like if I had a number one, it'd probably be Big Daddy. Oh, is that on your list? Did I yeah, just do a yeah, giveaway? Yeah. All right, I'll let you talk about Big Daddy. Yeah, then. <laughs> Big Daddy. Um, Big Daddy. What do I want to say about Big Daddy? Uh, that is funny. Uh, you get Cole and Dylan Sprout, mm-hmm. and has these adorable little kids, and right. it's it's a it's a grown man coming of age story, which yeah. I guess you don't get often. You usually get like mm, a young, young like I don't know. I think Sandler and his friend Judd Apatow make plenty of those. Plenty of like grown child men coming yeah. of age. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. This is forty is a, is a coming of age movie about Yeah. Becoming forty, yeah. So you're right. Um I well what I was gonna say is I was considering including uh, big down on my list. Mm-hmm. I guess it would have taken the Hotel Transylvania spot. Mm-hmm. But I was just like playing it back in my head and I, I cannot imagine that that movie holds up in any way. <laughs> I just can't. Right. I'm pretty sure there's something about every movie we name where there's something just like it's not holding up. It doesn't hold up. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work today. Well, we just, I mean, Gems and Punch Drunk Love. Well, yeah, I mean those. And yeah. Hotel Transylvania. I guess I, yeah. I, I went towards the more yeah. contemporary. And there's certainly stuff in Billy Madison that isn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mostly all right. Yeah. It's like... Uh, Rob Schneider's not in it. Rob Schneider playing like a freaking... Uh, Mentally challenged person? No, I wasn't going to say that. Like, uh, like uh, he's playing like a Polynesian character in, in Fifty First Dates. That's oh. yeah, that's not cool. <laughs> mm. You look back on it because he has like they tanned him up and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But as a kid, ha, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's quite the animal. He's quite the animal. <laughs> okay, my number one is. Uh, Another, I guess I, I gave it away by saying I was picking contemporary ones. Yeah. It's the Meyerowitz stories, new and selected. Mm-hmm. This was a Noah Baumbach's movie that came to Netflix like two years before Marriage Story, and I think it's better than Marriage Story, but it didn't get any of the acclaim of Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. 
I love how he used Adam Sandler in this. I think it's the one dramatic Sandler performance that really taps into all of Sandler's uh, talents. It's mm-hmm. got him, his anger. I mean, that's like a big part of yeah. Sandler's comedy is the anger. The um, He's got moments of being a child, being a grown-ass child. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, he gets to play piano and sing. Mm-hmm. Uh I was I was tempted to include his stand up uh 100% fresh on this cuz I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Um he's Sandler's despite all these string of movies that I don't really respect Jack and these Jill. days. Um oh I didn't even watch the whole thing I, of Jack and Jill. I couldn't I, I think couldn't, just looked, I couldn't yeah. watch them debase Al Pacino like that. <laughs> <laughs> But I heard at the end of that movie, Jack has to pretend to be Jill. Yeah. So he's playing both Jack and Jill, but then he's playing Jack as Jill. Interesting. So he was, I guess he was acting. Yeah, he's done a lot of it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, Sandler's good when he sings. I like that that's a, a little oh. piece of the Meyerowitz stories. And um, I guess we're doing movies over performances and... Just on a whole, I'm I'm a big fan of the Meyerowitz stories available to stream on Netflix. Do I have one more? Do you? I said Big Daddy, Waterboy, um, Fifty First Dates, and Zohan. Yeah. So my last one's gonna be Uncut Gems. Yeah. 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 I, yeah it has to be in my top five. Yeah. Um, yeah. More on I mean, that. Yeah, more on that. I mean, I have a lot more to say about it, but I mean, I'll say it right. when we get to it. <laughs> um, There's so many, like, movies that would be, like, honorable mentions for, if I could just be, like, honorable you mentions can list for, them off. for Click. Okay. Um, Heavy Message movie. Really right. funny. It sets it up like a classic really Sandler movie. But yeah, but then it gets really sad and really serious, and I, I was really shocked at how uh, invested I turned out to be mm. in, in that in that picture. I was just gobsmacked, mm-hmm. if you will. And you know what? Why not? I'll say honorable mission to uh, Eight Crazy Nights. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand that voice he does for that, that old guy. It's really grating to me. Yeah, he does everything. Yeah. I forgot about this. The the whitey, the whitey voice. Yeah. It's uh it's not fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I find the animation to be very crude. Hmm. Animation and the humor is very crude. crude. <laughs> He's a crude man. Okay. Uh should we talk about what we've watched recently? Yeah. I, I watched mean, 20, 20 movies in the last week. Whoa. <laughs> so I don't really know what to, what what to talk about right now. Mention. <laughs> That's heavy duty. That's hardcore. I watched like maybe four movies. All right. I'll, I'll pick out four. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll, I guess I'll... Damn. I watched a lot of really good stuff. <laughs> Okay, uh, Thunder Road is a little a little indie movie that's uh, available to stream on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Written and directed and starring this guy named Jim Cummings. Uh, he plays uh, the fucked up cop. Mm-hmm. I I heard a lot of buzz about this movie when it came out. It was like when did it come out? 
2018. Okay. Played like festivals and stuff. Got a lot of buzz being hilarious and heartfelt. The poster's just like a cop and he looks like an asshole. So I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. But I did. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. And I, um, it's a little story. I reviewed it on Letterboxd saying, okay, so Jim Cummings is Danny McBride, Jody Hill, and David Gordon Green all in one. <laughs> and he's hot. Oh. And then Jim Cummings liked it and started following me. <laughs> oh, really? And has since unfollowed me. I don't know what that's about. Oh. He only follows like 30 people. I think he just, I don't know, maybe he just momentarily follows people that review his movie. Yeah, like, hey, I saw you. But yeah, I'm, I was really impressed with his talent. And uh, I, I like those kinds of uh, comedies that are just, it goes hard. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a very disturbed character. <laughs> yeah. Mm. What do you got? I saw Desperado. Mm-hmm. I watched Desperado over the weekend. Um, it was on my list. We made, we made a we made a big list for this month, and we read into each other, and we had f- four movies, and those were the first four that uh, that we're gonna like do throughout this month. There's another one that we added because mm-hmm. last week we discovered there was uh there was five Fridays in this month. Yes, De- Desperado was on my list. It didn't make the cut, so I mm-hmm. decided to watch it. I wanted to watch it again, and. It was great. I mean, Antonio Banderas is hot. I mean, (laughs) that's what the movie, the movie like totally services him being a hot leading action hero. And it's really good. The, the stakes are high in that movie, but it does, it does this thing where it's, uh, he's in danger, but he's not really in danger. Like people are shooting at him, but the bullets like almost well, never yeah, hit him. Well, yeah, he's desperado. He's desperado. <laughs> so he just gets to be really cool. So you just get to see, you know, El Mariachi be this really cool action hero who's like impervious to bullets, mm-hmm. right? And then you get to see his 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 mariachi band, his 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 buddies come and shoot rockets out of their their uh, guitar cases, and it's 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 a really cool hot. And steamy watch. Um, this is Robert Rodriguez's first film, so it lays the groundwork for a lot of like the work that he's continued to do. And the, and he really pioneered a whole uh, independent film movement, yeah. uh, shooting it himself on a very little budget, yeah. uh, digitally. Mm-hmm. Saved, helped with his small budget, and yeah. kind of edited it all himself and mm-hmm. showed. Real, just really impressive uh, career and start to a career. Yeah. What do you have next? Oh, man. What, 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 to, what to pick? What, what to pick? Okay, I watched um, A Single Man on Netflix. Yeah. So it's Tom Ford, the, the fashion Tom Ford. I know, right? He decided it's that crazy, he's going right? to be a filmmaker. Right. Dude's got a great eye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course he does. Yeah, he's he's Tom Ford. Eye, so, like, aesthetically, I bet, I bet it's very pleasing. Yeah, and it does this really cool thing with color, mm-hmm. where um, in each scene the the saturation will like go up and down to like communicate the uh, 
inner workings of Colin Firth's character, who's this um, bereaved professor, mm-hmm. just uh, really depressed. But it, uh, there's moments where the colors just get very bright, and it's like beautiful. And it's like the the moments where, he, even though he's super depressed and suicidal, he uh, can see some beauty in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicholas Holt is in it. I think I like him. I feel bad about saying that because he's like one of those guys people hate. Nicholas Holt is, is he the young, the young guy? Is he yeah. the beast in X-Men? Yeah. That, okay. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this one. I said I watched 20 movies. One, another one I watched was Mad Max Fury Road. He's in that too. Yeah. Uh, I think I watched these like two, two days in a row. Mm-hmm. One day Mad Max, the other day a single man. And I was like, man, I guess I like Nicholas Holt. <laughs> uh, I felt pressure to not like him. I guess he dated Taylor Swift, and right. I don't know the Is internet. That, the internet yeah. doesn't love him, or parts of the internet really. I didn't love know him. that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know it was a thing. Yeah. Uh, so he was good in it, and and of course Julianne Moore. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a goddess! What a goddess! And it's a it's a very Julianne Moore role for her that she gets mm-hmm. to play in a serious man or nice. a single man. Excuse me. Those two movies came a out in the same man, year. Single man. <laughs> they came out in the same year, and they're both period pieces about professors. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, single man. Tom Ford. You would recommend watching that? Yeah. All right. Because I started that movie and then I stopped, but I started it really late, so that was also my fault for like trying to start something that seemed like it was going to be slow when I was tired. It's, uh, it's, it's got its moments where it stops and like, it's all about like the beauty mm-hmm. in the world. And then also moments where it's about the, the hopelessness in the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a little slow, but it's only 97 minutes. Okay. Uh, and it's on Netflix, right? And it all, it's it's been all on takes Netflix place forever. in one day. Yeah. It's on Netflix. All right. Cool. I, I, um, you made me watch Nocturnal Animals, and I, I, that was the first Tom Ford movie I watched, and I really liked that. So This isn't... Anything like that, right? There's parts of it that are like that, but it's not... Um, as fucked up? It's not at all like the story within the story of Nocturnal Animals. Okay. It's more about the... More similar to the, the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Amy Adams stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. <sighs> What you got? All right. So I watched El Topo. Mm. Um, this was a movie that I was introduced to back in college um, as a midnight movie. There are these movies that uh, would play during midnight and like people would come out and see them. Right. Like that was like the ritual. It's kind of like a Rocky Horror type of experience with these movies. I think. People would act them out and there'd be props and stuff? No. Uh, Rocky Horror is his own thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just got a challenge. Nothing is like Rocky Horror Nothing picture Nothing is show. like Rocky Horror. Um, but yeah, people would come to the, see these movies late at night. And uh, because they had like, they were they were a niche um, mm-hmm. audience. Uh, El Topo is like this like psychedelic Western movie. Um... The director is Alejandro Jodorowsky. Ross guy? Hodorowsky. Hodorowsky? I think. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably Hodorowsky. Because it's 
It's, it's Yodorowsky. I said Jodo. It's definitely not it's, a hard J. It's not a hard J because it's probably Spanish and it's it's yeah. a, it's a H. Um, this is his first movie, and just like the other movie I watched, Desperado, he did everything. He directed, he did production, design, costuming, editing, all of it. Um, and it's it's pretty trippy, and it's very it has like very like heavy religious tones to it, and uh, it could almost not make sense. I mean, it kind of doesn't make sense to me because I'm not a super religious person, and I haven't read the Bible, and it relies on like the context of that a lot hmm. so just viewing it as like a person who doesn't know that you can get lost in it but it is a very interesting watch just because of all the things he does in the movie like the the characters and and the music it's almost like nonsensical right like mm-hmm. it's not nonsense there's sense to it but it's like it's it's a little, little wacky, little, very interesting, and also like really like violent. So it's silly, <laughs> <laughs> it's violent, and I don't. It's it's a western, you know. It's 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 a long and at times a bit boring, but it's really fun. The gunfighting in it is also really fun, and the people that he has to fight, like the bosses, it's like it's like a video game. Like when you get to the like whatever level you got to get to, and you meet the final boss there, and like they have like a, a special power or something. They're kind of like that. Okay, it's like a video game. It's like a video game. It's like a like a cowboy video game on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, man. I got a movie I really want to talk about, but, but I, I can't talk about it because people just need to watch it. So okay. I'll just mention okay. Atlantics on Atlantics. Netflix. So good. Okay. Uh, my my letterbox review was just, this is so good because I can't. And like even the, the plot description gives stuff away that I wish I hadn't read before I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out last year. It's a takes place in Senegal. It's the first movie I ever saw from Senegal. It's a, a first-time director, Matty Diop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a very, very strong debut. I'm excited to see what she makes next. Uh, I, I, I can't say anything <laughs> can't about say it. I don't, I don't okay. want to. You're speechless. I, I can say watch it. <laughs> okay. I, I put it on my watch list. All right. I lied when I said I watched four movies. I watched those two movies, and that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you do it? Um. Okay. I'll do. I'll do three. Three. <laughs> go I'll ahead. do three as one. Okay. Because as I mentioned before, since um, a serious man, I started rewatching the Cohen stuff. Mm-hmm. And I decided to start at the beginning because I'd never seen Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of the stuff I watched uh, this past week were debut films. But uh, yeah, Blood Simple, Coen Brothers first. Uh, it's like a, a noir a, or neo-noir. It's a, it's a take on a noir. It's mm-hmm. very subversive. And it's got some cool horror elements to it. And it was um, really cool to see how they started. 
and how self-assured they were from the start. Like, and then I watched Raising Arizona right after that, which was their second movie. And it's crazy how different those two movies are. I have no idea how they got the funding for Raising Arizona after Blood Simple mm-hmm. because it's like Blood Simple is this intense neo-noir piece. And then Raising Arizona is just like a wacky madcap live action Looney Tune. <laughs> and Raising Arizona is not one of my favorite Coen brothers, but I liked it a lot more on this watch. Um, it grows on me. I really like Holly Hunter a lot. I mm. wish she was in it more. Um, Nick Cage is good in it. It's a good Nick Cage. Um, yeah, and then... Is Raising Arizona the one where he, like, robs a store in it? Yeah, okay. is a, the best scene in it is the Huggies uh, okay. chase scene. And then I watched Miller's Crossing, the third one, which, once again, is nothing like Blood Simple or Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. Miller's mm-hmm. Crossing is a tw- 20s gangster movie. Uh, Prohibition era. Uh, just, uh, it's my second time watching it. Didn't really like it the first time. It's kind of hard to follow. Um, but I need to watch it more because I know I'm going to love it. <laughs> it's like every time I watch, rewatch a Coen Brothers movie, I'd like it more. Um, at this point, I've seen all of their stuff except for The Lady Killers, and I'm real nervous to watch that. Because <laughs> you've heard bad things about it. Yeah, it's it. like considered their only bad movie. Right. It stars Tom Hanks doing like a real character. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I saw it twice. Oh, you saw it twice? I saw it twice. Is it, is, no. It's not no, bad? I, I saw it once, and then I was just like, oh, okay. I didn't need to watch it again, but then it was like on TV. I think. Okay. And I wasn't doing anything, so I kind of just left it on. All right, so it won't be too bad? Yeah. It's, right. it's not, like, terrible, but it is, like, a choice. I got some, mas- choice I got some masterpieces to get through before I have to trudge through that. Okay. Uh, started watching Barton Fink. Got to finish that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you got Fargo. Got Yeah, we got Fargo, and we got Brother Arthur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're going to watch those with me? Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. I, I like the Coen brothers. They're, they're great. Yeah. And uh, I think talking about two uh, Jewish filmmaking siblings mm-hmm. uh, is a good transition yeah. to the, the Safdie brothers. The Safdies. Talk about Uncut Gems. How you doing, Holly? How's it going? How's hey, how Good face, All right, Larry, you're a Jew again. Welcome back. made a crazy risk to gamble and it's about to pay off so i want the celtics to cover i want the celtics halftime i want garnet points and rebounds what do you know i don't know i just know well i'll tell you what i know it's the dumbest fucking bet i ever heard of i disagree i disagree gary I started it. You're taking my money all over town, placing bets. I'm having very serious second thoughts. Are you serious right now? I know I fucked up. Howard, where's the money right now? Howard, got my money? Howard!
Is it too late? I'm done. That means nothing. It meant nothing. Please. Give me another shot. You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black Joe Power, nigga. This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurface your fucking swimming pool. You know how that makes me feel. Never resurface you think your life is more anything. I don't life. know who said that. I told you about how things were going to go. You like the way things are going now? That's my family. Get the kids out of the house. You having a good time? Yes. This is me. This is how I win. KJ, it's game night. You should be stretching out. What is he, a coach? Nah, he's just a fucking crazy ass Jew. Uncut Gems is a 2019 American crime thriller directed by Josh and Benny Safdie, who co-wrote the screenplay with Ronald Bronstein. Stars Adam Sandler as Howard Ratner, Jewish jeweler and gambling addict in New York City's Diamond District. He must retrieve an expensive gem he purchased to pay off his debts. Mm-hmm. It is high stakes, it is which is why we're talking about it this month. High, very intense. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Just, uh, like I said, it's uh, on the shoulders of Punch Drunk Love. I mean, that movie does a great job of uh, letting the viewer into the mind of it's Adam Sandler protagonist and mm-hmm. all the anxiety that's inside his head. Yeah. And I think this is like that, except um, maybe the character is not that anxious. He's just like manic. Yeah. But it makes the viewer feeling. feel anxious watching. I feel like it. punk, punk, drunk, punk. Punch. Punch drunk love is more anxiety inducing of a kind of like what's happening. What does that mean? Like what what's going to happen? This one is kind of like, oh man, there's so much stuff happening all at once. Uh what's how's this going to play out, you know? Yeah. Well, Punch Drunk Love has that too with the all the different threads. Yeah. So much stuff happening. Um I, this was my fourth time watching it. Mm-hmm. I saw it twice in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, like a Coen Brothers movie, it I enjoy it even more every time I see it. Mm-hmm. It's coming to Netflix soon. Nice. I'm excited for it to awesome. like blow up because it kind of kind of didn't as much as it should. Yeah, because it's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. So it was a it was an independent release though. So it just had a small release, and then it didn't catch on like some of the other I I would say a, like award season movies of that year. Yeah, it wasn't nominated for any awards. Yeah, it wasn't nominated for anything except for like the Spirit Awards. Right, they won. Uh, yeah, best directors for that, mm-hmm. or best writers, I forget. But their acceptance speech is great. It's just the both talking, brothers talking over yeah. each other. And Adam Sandler won Best Actor. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uncut Gems opens uh, in Ethiopia mm-hmm. at the Well Mine, fall of 2010. We get the text that tells us such. Yeah. It's a first shot's like a helicopter shot over the mine. Mm-hmm. 
uh, not it's not New York. The rest of the movie's in New York, but we we start out in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. It's a little uh, uh, just throwing you in into the scene, mm-hmm. and we we get our first of what will be uh, just a series of com- commotion, just mob scenes of people yelling. Yeah. Uh, because it's a uh, man's got his leg real fucked up. Yeah, from the, the miners got hurt, and yeah. so now there's a, a discrepancy between the workers and like management. They're mm-hmm. kind of like, look, look, like working here is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Um, and while this big commotion is going on, there are two other workers that are continuing to work. Yeah, they well they take the opportunity. Yeah. It's a good distraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, when this guy, one guy's suffering, that's a great time for them to hit big. Yeah, which is something that will continue throughout the movie of uh, taking advantage of hardships of others and trying to get a win out of that. Mm-hmm. So the two guys sneak into the mine. And they uh, they mine. They mine a black opal. Yeah, a nice big one too. Mm-hmm. And we get uh we get a, a like a slow zoom into into the into the opal. Yeah, we can see I all wrote the colors close up onto and into. Yeah, <laughs> the gem. Yeah, and it looks very spacey. And yeah, colorful. it's super psychedelic. It's a whole galaxy. Yeah. inside the gem. Yeah, this is a really good like example of the aesthetics of like the Shafty Brothers. Hmm. Between like, and I've only seen two of his, two, two of their movies, so maybe I'm wrong. But like between this and Good Times, mm-hmm. I would say like it's a good depiction of like uh, the colors and like and then like that synth music starts to play. The synth yeah. music was also in Good Times. Um, yeah, same composer. Uh, yeah, One O Tricks Point Never mm-hmm. doing the score. Yeah, it's very like '80s, but like new '80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I love when the the title comes on on cut gems. Like the letters are, uh, just flying from all over, mm-hmm. and they all just come together in a brief moment of uh, like it. Uh, just so happened the letters got together in this mm-hmm. in this uh, order to spell out the name. Uh, and kind of mirroring um, everything coming together. For for a moment, for a moment, for a moment, just yeah, just a moment, and then and then it like the this it gets circled and it kind of looks like the Super Nintendo logo, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it like flies off the screen. Mm-hmm. It just looks really cool. <laughs> and then so the inside of that colorful spacey opal turns into the inside of. Um, Howard's colon. Yeah. Yeah. We zoom out and we see that now the images we're seeing are on a monitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, Howard's having a... And Scott... And those... And those... They're looking at his colon. They're looking at his colon for like and cancer. I don't know. And stuff. Yeah, we see on the monitor... I, li- I like this way of uh, introducing our character. We see name Howard Ratner, age 48. Mm-hmm. So that's our guy. Sandler's there, uh, knocked out. <laughs> the most calm. We'll knocked see him until. Up. Yeah. Uh, good. 
bookmarking of the character we'll get back to at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we see that we're in New York and it's spring 2012. Yep. What what uh, New York in spring 2012 has to do with Ethiopia in fall 2010? We'll find out. We'll find out. The doctor's narrating, narrating the... I think it's called an endoscope. Endoscopy. Endoscopy. <laughs> I might be completely wrong. Maybe that's like back surgery or something. <laughs> um, but uh, we learn he has some polyps that they're going to need to do a biopsy on. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. Um. We get a we get a hard cut from there to him being on the street talking on the phone yep. yelling. Yep. Uh, who is he yelling at? Someone he owes money to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and he's he's uh meeting Damani at his uh jewelry store, mm-hmm. uh K- KMH Jewelers. Mm-hmm. Uh Damani played by Keith Stanfield. Yeah. Talk we covered him a lot on this podcast. Yeah. I feel like. A few times. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Love him in this role too. Like very versatile actor. Mm-hmm. Um Damani's introducing Howard to his friend Cash. Yeah. Who's got the cash? Yes. Gonna make some purchases. Mm-hmm. The this first scene in, in uh the jewelry store is um really sets the scene for the rest of the movie where it's just so much stuff is happening yeah, it's very at once. Busy. The just everyone's talking. I really like the sound design in this movie. Yeah. Just uh everyone talking over each other. And it's just so much commotion, yeah. and um, the synth the synth music is still going. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone is talking, and you have Lakeith and his friends, and then you have these two other guys. Yeah, two goons, two goons that are not. You can tell they're not with that other party just because of how they like are off to the side in the way they look at Howard when he walks in. Mm-hmm. Um. He tries to like be buddy. Howard tries to be buddy buddy with everyone, and like does like his own, his like his owner thing, and like offer everyone water. And, and yeah, they're the, they're the first jewelry store to have their own spring water. Yeah, he's very proud of that. Mm-hmm. And the goons are like they say no the first time. Yeah, and Phil then, doesn't want water. Yeah, but he axes again, and then he slaps Howard mm-hmm. in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Find out that uh, they were sent by Arno, mm-hmm. who was a lender that Howard owes hundred grand to. I thought it was Arnold. No, A R N O. Oh, okay, Arno. Yeah. Um. So he owes Arno hundred grand. The goons snatch uh, uh, some money that yeah. Howard had. Who he claims it's not his money. Yeah, he picked, he picked it up right before he got to the shop. Mm-hmm. We saw him like pick it up. Yeah, and uh, they take the watch off his wrist, which he claims is not his watch. Yeah, it's probably Damani's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fake Rolex. Yeah. Uh, and then um, he's all back in the street. Yeah. And he's uh, going up to his uh, crash pad, and we meet Julia, mm-hmm. who is his mistress. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like there was a party there the night before. Yeah, there was a party. There's some girls leaving his room. Though uh, she says there was not. Yeah. And yeah, he's mad that people are just coming in and out. Yeah. He's like yelling at her and really talking down to her. But then she's like, come on, let's just cuddle. Yeah, let's just cuddle. Like, do you want to fight or do you want to cuddle? 
and he eventually... I like that little dynamic. Yeah, he eventually cuddles. Yeah, he just gets in bed and cuddles, because, like, yeah. They look at some some photos that she took of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is spring 2012. Yeah. So the weekend is... um Not the weekend yet. He's well, up and coming. Yeah. He probably put out, like, House his, of Balloons His mixtapes. Yeah. And Take Care came out, so... He's at the point of his career where, like, I think he, for, like, a while, it was, like, who's the weekend? Mm-hmm. There's this anonymity. I think at this point, he we knew it was Abel. Mm-hmm. We, we knew. Because, you know, he's getting pictures taken of him. We've, we we learned that, uh, you know, he's going to be major, even he's though he's from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, find out that she got, she got, like, a necklace off of him. Yeah. The uh, the Michael Jackson on the cross. That's someone else's. Is that is is that where he gets it from? He gets it from her because that. Okay, when he goes to see the weekend, this is later in the movie. But when he goes to see the le- weekend and he's yelling to the guy to like be like, "Hey, I know that guy back there," and he lets right. him in. The guy's flawless. Like, that guy is like, "Hey, so about my Michael Jack." Jackson uh, pendant. Yeah, I flawless was was another jeweler. Yeah. Okay. Um. But um, when Howard, because Howard gets the the necklace and he immediately sells it. He immediately sells and it. And he says this. He says this. You know, the weekend. This is the weekends. Maybe it was from flawless, and he's pretending it was the weekends. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but he immediately sells it and uses the money not to pay back the uh, the goons. But he he places a sports bet. Yeah. Because this guy's a serious sports gambler. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy how immediately he, like, how fast he can get money and then, like, bet it. Yeah, gets the money and then, like, walk seemingly just walks around the corner to, to this restaurant where Bucky's just waiting for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he does, like, he does, like, crazy bets, right? Is this the one where he does, like... What is it called? Lightning? Lightning bets or something like that? Yeah. It's just like really like precise bets Mm -hmm. of like, I don't know, this person's going to get this many rebounds, this many blocks, and this many uh, three shots. Yeah. Uh, And no scene in this, like we're narrating like the, or going over the stuff that uh, Howard does, but no scene is just clear cut. Like this is the scene where he does just this. Yeah. It's every other thing comes into it. So, of course, while he's in the middle of, like, stating what his bet is, and he gets a call from Damani. Yeah. Who says, hey, Kevin Garnett's coming. He's he's at KMH. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Come over. Got a big sale. Yeah. So, Howard goes back to his store. Yeah. And there's through the back, and there's a, there's a kerfuffle happening yeah. between Arno's guys and Garnett's guys. Mm-hmm. Arnold's guys are getting their ass beat. Mm-hmm. They're getting kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. But but Howard's like, I don't know who these guys yeah, are. Yeah, I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> but then once uh, the goon, Phil and the, the other goon, I don't know the other one's name. It's not important. Uh, after they leave, he's like, oh, great. I'm glad you were here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they almost don't let him in. They almost don't let him in. And he has to be like, hey, this is my shop. Hey, buzz me in, buzz me in type of situation. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, they're going to kick him out too. Right. Uh, Kevin Garnett's there. It's really Kevin Garnett. It's the real Kevin he's Garnett. He's playing himself. Yeah. Uh, does a pretty good job of it. He's I really, think. yeah, he's really good at playing himself. Yeah. 
Um, uh, Howard's trying to trying to sell some stuff to him. Yeah, he shows him like a, a diamond coated uh, Furby, Furby. Yeah. with the, with the eyes that move back and forth. We yeah. learn Howard was like one of the first jewelers to make like uh, really outlandish uh, jewelry for like hip hop videos. Yeah, when uh, Howard walks in. He says this line that made me crack up just because it's like, oh, yeah, I this is relatable. He was like, send those bitches back to Paramus or yeah, wherever right. he came from. Yeah. <laughs> um, Garnett's leaning on the glass. Howard says not to do that. Yeah. We've got more just overlapping dialogue. It's really creating this atmosphere. Um, it's really establishing this whole world and this life that Howard lives where he's just constantly on the move, mm-hmm. doing five things at once, making pretty bad decisions. Yeah. And uh, Damani wants uh, to sell, he wants Howard to sell Garnett a watch. Yeah. But uh, Howard says he doesn't have the watches here. Yeah. So it's it's irrelevant. Damani pulls him aside. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. He said you would hold the watches here. Yeah. He, he the deal is like he he lets Damani keep his watches in his safe but won't allow him to sell it in the store because they're they're not real Rolexes. Yeah. Yeah. Just the boxes are real. Yeah. Um So then, yeah, he has nothing to sell comes. um Garnett really. Like none of the mm-hmm. in, he ha- has nothing of interest. Uh and so yeah, a package comes. Yeah, and uh, it's very heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard says, Garnett, wait here. I got something to show you. He yeah. takes the package to the back. Mm-hmm. He starts gutting this fish. Yeah, there's a fish. Because, like, I guess that's how they uh, were like, able to transport it. the gem. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, meanwhile, it's not just a scene of him gutting a fish and, <laughs> and getting the, the opal out. Yeah. It's also um, this guy, Fussy, who works for him. That's a great name for him, Fussy, because he's fussing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he wants to quit. He's not very happy with how he's being treated. He's really pouring his soul out to to yeah. his boss Howard, who's just fixated on uh, the the opal. Yeah, he's not paying him any attention. The the dial his dialogue even like the volume like goes down as mm-hmm. the the score goes up to show just the, the wonder that Howard yeah. feels while he's inspecting the opal. Yeah. I love that, that line of when he like pulls out the opal from the fish and he's like, Oh, I'm going to come. And it's like, that's after fussy says, yeah, what do you have to say? I'm here. I'm, I'm just standing here telling you all this stuff. What do you have to say? And yeah. he just says, I'm going to fucking come. <laughs> and so for fussy's like, fuck that man. I'm out of here. Yeah. But like, Howard offers him a t-shirt. Yeah, he throws a t-shirt at him. And he's like, it's not about the t-shirt. It's just about the respect. Mm-hmm. And he's not getting it from there. Nope. Uh, so now Howard comes back to the to the front of the store, showing off the opal to Garnett. He's got a, a video to show him. Yeah. From the, from the History Channel. This is uh, Howard's origin story of how he found out about the black opals in Ethiopia because... He's watching the History Channel. There's a piece on the, the Ethiopian Jews, and they have uh, black opals on all their uh, uh, holy um, Judaica, I'll say. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
And Garnett's very interested in this. Yeah. He didn't know there were Ethiopian Jews. Mm-hmm. And also the, the gem is just mesmerizing. Yeah. He, uh, he, uh, he takes a look into the opal with uh, one of those like um, magnifying glasses, yeah. Like, but, but for like jewels, and uh, his life flashes before his eyes. It's it's his while he's looking in it, you see like some flashes of like Garnett's like high school basketball stuff, and mm-hmm. like but also some stuff with um, the mines. Mm-hmm. So it's like very quick images flashing. Also, we get the. Uh, the galaxy that you see while looking at the opal. Yeah. But it's like, everything's all tied, tied together. You can see everything. And then it cuts because, uh, Garnett broke the glass. He's leaning on it. Yeah. He falls into it. He's a big guy. He's a really big guy. He's like six, seven or something like that. Yeah. Sandler's face is just up to like his chest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Them standing next to each other is pretty funny. Um, Garnett takes this broken glass as a sign that he needs the opal. Yeah, he's like, I need it. I need it. And Howard's just like, um, I can't sell it to you. And so Garnett is, has the perfect response of like, why would you show me this right. if you weren't going to sell it right. to me? Yeah, Garnett was there to buy some jewelry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> makes perfect sense. Howard says, wait, I got something to show you. Yeah. And then he says, no, it's not for sale. It's, uh, it's actually set for auction. But... Garnett decides they work out a deal where Garnett takes it for the night. Yeah. He uh takes takes some photos of with Howard. Yeah. Howard says at me, at Howie Bling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's his handle. And uh he gives Howard his uh 2008 Celtics championship ring as collateral. Yeah. So the ring for the gym. Yeah, not not a not a great move for Garnett because <laughs> immediately, immediately Howard just uh, on his he's on his way to pawn it. He facetimes his, his uh, son to show off the ring. Mm-hmm. Look what I got, and then pawns it. <laughs> yeah, pawns it for uh, twenty one thousand. He originally asked for eighty grand for it. But all he could really get is 21 because of the guys he was dealing with. He has mm-hmm. a, a pass with. Um, yeah. And he has like a kind of a bad reputation. Right. With them. He's an unreliable person to lend money to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, while he's like in the, I don't know, market or whatever, the place that he's pawns it, there's this cool like slow zoom uh, into um, Phil on the street watching Howard. Yeah. They're like following him. Yeah. And you see him like arguing with the other goon. This is just like an angry guy. Mm-hmm. You can tell. Um, and they're following Howard. Howard <laughs> like briefly leaves their sights. Mm-hmm. They're following him with Arno on the phone, like saying what he's doing. They're like, wait, he stopped. His back's turned. We can't see what's happening. Yeah. And then Arno's like, wait, he just texted me money. He said, here's your money. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, it wasn't the money for Arno. It wasn't the money for Arno. He's kind of like teasing him or or something. Like he's just playing a dangerous game. It's a game. Yeah, yeah. he's he's a real slime ball. Um, because he takes the money. Yeah, that he got for Garnett's ring, mm-hmm. and takes it right back to the restaurant. Yeah, and scraps the bat that he made earlier. 
yeah. at, and puts more money on it. I like and, this. He has uh, to go back into the kitchen to talk to the bookie, mm-hmm. and the bookie's just yelling at one of the uh, the line chefs, the line cooks. He's saying, <laughs> I only got this on the fourth rewatch. He's yelling about how the guy put carrots in a Caesar salad. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he, he places this huge bet on Garnett because he thinks, listen, Garnett's got this gem. It's a sign. It's good luck. Yeah. He's going to do great in uh in the game tonight. Yeah, this is when he does lightning points, mm-hmm. the lightning point uh, bets. He also offers the bookie one of the Rolexes. Yeah. But the bookie knows better. He doesn't want it. Yeah. Says this looks stolen. <laughs> uh, now Howard's at home. Yeah, He's watching it's the game. game. Night. Yeah, it's the 2012 Eastern Conference semifinals, Celtics versus Sixers. Mm-hmm. Real games. Really interesting how the screenplay blends reality. I mean, this is essentially like a historical thriller, right? Because yeah. it takes the real events of the Eastern Conference semifinals mm-hmm. and um, works it into the, the beats of the story. Yeah. I listened to an interview with the, the brothers and they talked about how they had written like a hundred versions of the screenplay based on the different NBA players they mm-hmm. thought they were going to get at the time to work into it. Mm-hmm. Do you know any of them? I think Amari Stoudemire was attached for a while. Okay. Um, I don't remember who else. Okay. I think because I feel like I think it was you that also told me that as well, like mm-hmm. that it uh, it changed a lot. And Kevin Garnett. Was well, the yeah, they were trying to get this made all. for ten years, mm-hmm. so went through a lot of different ones. Um, right. Howard's not very chill. He's no. not a very chill basketball watcher. As soon as the tip off happens, he is like intense about it. It's really like into it. It's the first quarter. No one is this intense. It's 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 pretty funny to watch someone be that adamant. Yeah. In like the first couple seconds. Like the tip <laughs> off is a bet. Kevin right. Garnett has to get the tip off. That's he that's money. Yeah. He doesn't in this instant. Yeah. Um, this instance. We meet his wife, Dina, played by Adina Menzel. Mm-hmm. Broadway legend. Yes, yes. Uh, Adele Dazim, right? Dezim, that's what he said. That's what Travolta called her yeah. at that one Oscars. <laughs> yeah. Um, she wants Howard to say goodnight to his son. Yeah. He says, yeah, after after this quarter's done. <laughs> yeah. And this the whole time while they're having this conversation, he's not looking at her. No. His eyes are glued to the screen. Yeah. And he's like in the middle of the conversation still like cheering and cursing. <laughs> but uh, Dina Stern... Yeah, she she makes him she gets him up there. Yeah, <laughs> and we cut to what his version of saying goodnight to his son is, which is lying, yeah, in bed with his son, just watching the game on his phone. Yeah, whisper cheering yeah. And, and cursing. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and we see the son who's trying to sleep. His son is trying to sleep. Wow, these kids are going to need so much therapy. Oh man. <laughs> um. And then, so he has three kids. So that's mm-hmm. the first kid. He goes he goes to the next kid's mm-hmm. room, who's up watching the game. He's a little older. Watching the game, he's got a he's got a, a 
mini basketball hoop. Yeah. Uh, Howard tells him to stop because his brother's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Then they're watching the game. The His son is, is very much like Howard. Yeah. Super into the game. Also, we find out he has $50 on it. Yeah. <laughs> so it really takes after his dad. Yeah, he's a betting man. And, but Howard's like telling him to chill. He's like, it's just the first quarter. <laughs> it's <Right>. fine. <laughs> but then as they watch it more together, Howard gets into it. And like Garnett scores a point And then <laughs> he tells Howard tells his son, okay, now you can dunk. Right. <laughs> He's so inconsistent mm-hmm. um, and just lives moment to moment, whether he's up or down, really depends on his, like his behaviors are super affected by his gambling. Yeah. Gets back downstairs. Dina's watching. I'm pretty sure Vanderpump Rules. I've never seen that show, but I think that's what that is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he can't watch the game anymore. Yeah, she won't switch the channel. Yeah. And now they're talking about uh, getting a divorce. Yeah, uh, Dino's real fed up with him. And she says, you know what? I'll, I'll, why don't we just wrangle the kids now and tell them? Yeah, she wants to uh, move it up. But no, they, they agreed they're going to wait till after Passover. Yeah. Uh, it eventually goes to commercial. So he gets her to briefly change the channel. Yeah. But <laughs> he really has to like I tug love, on her to yeah, like, I love do this it because she doesn't she, want to. Yeah, she switches it. And then it's just like one of those moments in the game where the, the camera is just on someone in the stands. and. Yeah. It's just this really big shirtless guy mm-hmm. uh, doing the uh, the Goonies thing, truffle shuffle. Yeah, yeah, truffle shuffle. <laughs> it's just like the most unimportant thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now he's in the car. Mm-hmm. Your a car. He's got a car service, um, and he's watching the game on his phone yet again. And he won big. Yeah. The bet it's, paid off. Yeah, the Celtics won. Mm-hmm. He is jazzed. Yeah. He can hardly contain himself. Yeah. He uh, gets to his apartment. Mm-hmm. And he calls Julia, mm-hmm. who says that she's on her way. And he says, yeah, I'm just going through the tunnel right now. Even yeah. though he's standing right there yeah. in the apartment. And he gets in the closet. hmm And Julia walks in and she undresses. Yeah, she's got some uh, lingerie on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At at this point, we don't fully understand the uh, relationship between them or, like, the angles. Yeah, we only saw her a little bit um, at the beginning because she she works at uh, She was in the bed, and then we saw her working at the shop. Yeah. Yeah. um, But Howard's texting her from the closet, watching her on the couch. It's like a a voyeurism kink, I guess. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. He's making her take a picture of her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she says she's really wet. Mm-hmm. And then he jumps out. Yeah, he jumps out and, and surprises her. He said he couldn't He couldn't help himself. Yeah, he couldn't contain himself anymore. Guess what? I won big. Yeah. Uh, and then she says, feel how wet I am. So she really was wet. Yeah. She wasn't lying. Yeah. She, she was wet, guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. We got a cool shot from, like, the outside of the apartment complex of them just embracing and kissing. Yeah. Um, with the score. I guess it's, like, a, another helicopter yeah, shot. Yeah, they, they have a lot of, like, aerial shots, and mm-hmm. a lot of, like, of, of those shots are, like, either zooming out or zooming mm-hmm. in. And then it's, like, that synth music playing, those long yeah. synth notes playing. That's the next day. Yeah. Uh, Damani was supposed to bring back the gem. 
That was the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next day he's on the phone with uh, this character named Anne. No, it's not yet. Not yet. Okay. No, Never but he's at he's at the the auction house because Damani was going to drop off the gem. Okay. Um, but Damani's as as Howard says, Damani's on Damani time. Mm-hmm. Running late, he says he's in traffic. But then he's like right there. He pulls up. He says, "I'm outside." Yeah. But he refuses to park. Because he can't find a spot, Howard says, double park. And um, but Demani says, No, I'm not getting a ticket for you or for anyone. Right. Um, he says, Come out here, get in the car. On his way to the car, we meet uh a much less intimidating yeah. lender and collector than the Arno Phil pair. Uh and Howard's able to just shake him off like it's nothing. Yeah. Clearly, this he, is a guy that just owes money all around town. Yeah. Everyone's after Howard. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are so less intimidating. It's kind of comical. But but yeah, we find out he owes thirty two grand to them. Yeah, he gives um, he gives them the the fake watch. Yeah, and says it's worth, I forget how much. Take that. Yeah, but he shakes them off like it's nothing, and he gets mm-hmm. in the car. We find out Damani does not have the opal. Yeah, Damani was giving him the runaround. Mm-hmm. Much like Howard gives everyone else the runaround. Yeah. So it's a lot of people running around. Pretty much. Uh, says Garnett still got it, and he's uh, in Philly. Yeah, at practice. At practice. Howard says, all right, we're going to Philly, even though Damani just came from Philly. Yeah. I can imagine that annoyance of, like, driving from Philly to New York and then got to go right back to Philly. Right. Um, but then Damani shakes Howard off much in a, the way that Howard shook that collector off. Yeah. They're and going like, through the complex. And I understand why. He was a bit, yeah. he was doing a bit much when he got to the, uh, to the facility. Yeah. He knocks a basketball out of someone's hands and goes Takes for the shot. shot. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, man, chill, be low key. Like, I'm going to get us back there, but not if you're doing all this. There's some security blocking the way to the locker room. Damani gets in while Howard's playing ball and uh, is able to evade Howard that way because then the the guards don't let Howard in, even though he says, I was with that guy. Yeah. We're friends. And uh, the next scene uh, is uh, Howard's daughter's play. Yeah. Uh, Howard is just... You see on his phone, he's just sending text after text after text to Damani, all going unanswered. Yeah. Just like, what the fuck happened? Where's the gem? Yeah. Bring it. You said you would have it. Yeah. What happened back there? Very upset. Can't um, catch a bus back. Just not paying any attention to the things going around him, which mm-hmm. isn't really much. It's just the small talk between um, his wife and his sister's daughter, his, his daughter's friend's parents yeah they're talking about where are you vacationing this year for break yeah but you know they're, they plan- they're planning a- on getting divorced yeah. but not talking about it so they say we're saving up next year for a big yeah. european we don't month. have anything planned yeah um so when he finally does like like look up from his phone and like pay attention to his surroundings he notices the two goons from oh yeah earlier. i love how this works it's the youngest son does the old poke poke your further shoulder trick so that you turn the other way and when he turns the other way he sees phil and, and the other guy yeah uh sitting in right the back. there uh play's about to start but howard's freaked out he gets up says yeah. it's really fucked up that you're here yeah C- can you come outside let's talk yeah 
I don't really know what Howard's plan was here. Howard, Howard, the character Howard, he, like, throughout this whole movie, he's, like, being this, this boss, right? This big shot, right? And it's almost, it's almost always half-assed. Like, he kind of, like, talks it, but then when he gets down to it, he kind of just, like, lets shit happen to him. Hmm. Because it seemed like he was going to stand up to these guys. And when I was first watching this and I was picturing, I was like, oh, he's going to fight them. Like, it's going to be a fighting scene. Or he whatever. does. But not really. I mean, he, he more pushes, so gets his ass He kicked. pushes. He starts a fight. Yeah. Pushes the guy. Uh, pushes Phil. Uh, the other guy grabs him. He bites that guy's arm. Yeah. Manages to escape his uh, grasp. You get a little chase. Mm-hmm. Which leads Howard backstage of his daughter's theatrical production. <laughs> and the daughter sees him and just like, Dad, what are you doing back here? Mid mid chase, Howard says, You all you all look so great, you're gonna be so good. <laughs> um But the chase is all for nothing because once he gets outside, Arno is there mm-hmm. in a car. They they capture uh Howard, they get him in the car. Yeah. Uh, this is where we find out that Arno stopped the bet. Yeah. Because we saw the goons following Howard. They they saw him go into the place and with the money, set the bet. Yeah. So, I was very pissed at Arno. Yeah. Howard was set up to, to make all this money. Yeah, he said, he I was going to make money. you money. I was going to make me money. Um, what did you do? You're, that's so stupid. Yeah. Um, the fact that the bet was canceled... That he hit big the first time, mm-hmm. and it didn't go through, made the the second half of the movie that much more intense. Right. Because it's like, what are the chances, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh, strip Howard. Yeah. Completely, underwear and everything. Yeah. And stuff him in the trunk of his Mercedes. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't understand how he had his phone still. But he was he's able to, to Unless when he was running he tucked it in his butt cheeks or something. Right. Yeah. That's that's the only answer, right? It's like when he's when they Nature's first pocket. shut the trunk on him, he's like, Come on, what the fuck? And then and then he almost like rolls his eyes and starts being like, Help, help like, oh fine, <laughs> now I gotta do this. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets the phone, he calls Dina and he says I locked my keys in the car. Can you come out and unlock the car? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she does so. Yeah. And Finds opens the trunk. Out, yeah. out pops a naked Howard. He says, yeah. I, I got it from here. Yeah. Uh, she looks horrified. Yeah. I mean, what what the fuck happened? He <laughs> left and now he's naked in the trunk. <laughs> um, But he gets back inside and we get to see a little bit of the play. And yeah. this is a classic... Uh, the school lesson or the, the movie they're watching, in this case it's the play, mm-hmm. relates to the themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because the daughter, it's a, like a fairy tale. The daughter's playing this role where she's, a curse is put on her. Every time she speaks, uh, coins come out of her mouth. Yeah, It's this cool thing where coins are just shooting out of her mouth. Yeah. Uh, now they're back home. Yeah. He calls Damani... Um, Makes it. He blocks the number though, so Damani picks up this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Damani says, "I got, I got the opal. Okay, calm down." And uh, they arrange to to uh, meet at the weekend 
uh, performance at the club mm-hmm. where uh, Howard will get the opal back from Damani. Yeah. Damani wasn't planning on going, but fine. He yeah. can. <laughs> uh, then he has the most awkward conversation ever with his daughter. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can see, like, the, like, maybe not like, the no most connection. ever, but yeah. Yeah. She's got her headphones in talking to a friend, like, while talking to her dad. Yeah. Her dad's just trying to connect to her. Yeah. Says, you're so good in the play. Um, She's like, you told me that five times already. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Like, everything's fine. Like, she's just not connecting with him. Yeah, Dina's there in the kitchen microwaving some chicken, but as soon as... It looks like the most unseasoned chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, she made his meal separate from, like, whatever she made the family. When it, when it, uh, the microwave stops, Dino just grabs him, walks out of the room, even though Howard was, like, trying to talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> She's just, uh, not having it with that guy. Yeah. Her husband. Um, and now, uh, the, Howard's at the club. Yeah. Uh, the, he's at the club. He also lied to his family about going to the club. Right. Yeah. He said he was doing something business related and he was going to be up all night and didn't, didn't know whether he was going to come back. And right. then it goes to him on his way to the club. No, well, it was kind of business related because he needs the Opal for the auction. True. True. Uh, the weekend's at the club and he will not perform until the black light comes on. Yeah. Uh, we talked before about like ways that movies work in excuses to have like cool uh, lighting. Mm-hmm. And I love that they just have a whole part of Weekend saying, turn on the fucking blacklight. Yeah. They have people chanting for the blacklight. Yeah, it makes sense. Because then once it comes on, it looks really cool visually. Mm-hmm. Especially with uh, Damani's orange uh, hoodie, which just becomes super bright in mm-hmm. the blacklight. Yeah, the hoodie is like, it's so nice. It's so nice because it's like, it's kind of the brightest thing in the room. Mm-hmm. And then like, in that frame, Damani is the brightest thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, do, uh, he does not have the opal. Yeah, it doesn't have the opal. It's, it's, that's also kind of frustrating because he definitely said he had it. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just pulling the same shit that Howard pulls. It's just everyone in this business is uh, just full of shit. Yeah. I mean, that's the diamond business. Diamonds are worthless. The, the only worth is uh, put on them. It's it's all bullshit. Yeah. But there's so much... uh suffering and stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or just unnecessary uh stuff that goes into that whole business mm-hmm. and so howard does that like the half-ass bullshit again because he pushes damani mm-hmm. but damani is with his friends he has backup he's got some big guys with yeah him. he got some big guys with him he pushes him back Howard says, "What? why are you here if you don't even have the opal he says i'm here for the same reason everyone else is here to see the fucking weekend yeah Weekend and, performing The Morning from House of Balloons. Mm-hmm. And so pretty much Howard just has to like back off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then our next scene is The Weekend uh, doing coke in the bathroom with Julia. Mm-hmm. He's trying to trying to smash. He is trying to smash. He's, but she's like no touching. Yeah. It's like um, this really intimate, close tease moment. It's just, it's cool how The Weekend plays himself in this, but like... The older version of himself. Yeah. Where he's not as well known. He's not a superstar yet. Yeah. And he's just like this trashy guy yeah. performing in the club, not like 
he's a brat won't yeah. start until the black light comes on and mm-hmm. then just doing coke with doing coke Julia. in the bathroom but she's saying no touching no touching yeah so uh they're not hooking up they're not hooking up but she is filling his rod well he grabs her hand <laughs> yeah because he's the weekend he's yeah. a scumbag yeah and she can't believe how hard he is yes she can't like wow that's a very weekend thing to just be super hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Howard finds out that Julia's in the bathroom at the weekend. Yeah. Knocks on the door. Mm-hmm. Gets him out and a fight erupts. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And also this is the part where we find out that that Michael Jackson chain that he sold belongs to somebody else and he wants it back. Right. This is a... I mean... I figured before, but I feel like it's around this part of the movie where I figured out that there are a million moving pieces mm-hmm. happening with Howard. Right. And he needs them all to work. He needs everything to work so that he can get that chain back to that guy. And yep. then he, yeah, so everything has to work. Howard fights the weekend. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> He kind of gets him, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julia's mad because they weren't doing anything. She's just trying to make a sale, and he blew the sale. Yeah. She's just she chases wrong. him outside the club. Yeah. It's this big dramatic scene between yeah. them, too. Yeah, he's getting in the cab, and she's, like, block, standing in front of the cab. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, the kind of shit you expect to see outside a nightclub in, in New, York. New York. Yeah. 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 Uh, just shouting. And I love after the cab drives off. Um, we get some time with just Julia, mm-hmm. and it's important because later in the movie we are see some stuff from her perspective. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time, and it's just the the walk back from where the cab was back towards the club, yeah. and the she gets like her own uh score, her own theme, mm-hmm. musical theme. Uh, during that walk back, and it just makes you really uh sympathetic for her because we saw that she wasn't doing anything yeah i sympathize with her a lot throughout this whole movie it's at this i think it's at this point at least for me where i realize oh she loves howard yeah there's no there's no bullshit she loves that guy i don't understand how yeah (laughs) he's the worst and also also like how like how like their relationship is set up to where like he still has like you know a family a wife and all that and she's just on the side and like she isn't like allowed to like be like go outside go out outside that relationship with another person you know mhm even though they're not monogamous yeah he's married yeah he's married even though the but divorce she, is yeah coming, it's but... it's her fault like she's she's the slut yeah yeah howard sleeps in his office Mm-hmm. This is the we, we saw him. He's got the house. He's got the apartment. Also, he's got the couch on the in the office that he sleeps <laughs> on. And this is where uh, he calls Anne from Adley's, who's uh, voiced by Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I just found that out today. <laughs> and he lies about having the opal. He says, "I got it right here." And she's like, "I need it. I need it here, right, to get it appraised." Appraised. Yeah, appraised. he. Uh, he needs to deliver it by the end of the day or else it's getting pulled from the auction. Mm-hmm. This, this sequence is just a lot of phone calls happening at once. So yeah. there's also, he's on the phone with a, a representative for Garnett. Yeah, phone's ringing. Trying to get the Opal back. He's put on hold. Mm-hmm. Always on hold. The call comes in from Julia. 
He says, tell her I'm not here. And yeah. then he, like... But then he takes the call. He takes the call right away. Uh, But then he goes back to Garnett's rep. But then it turns out Damani and Garnett are at KMH. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they can't be buzzed in. They're stuck. Yeah. And the, uh, it's called a man trap. It's like there's two doors. And a little room. You can, you, one door has to be locked for the other one to open. You gotta be buzzed in both ways. Mm-hmm. Bulletproof glass separating them. And, uh, Garnett's got a bag of money. And he's got the opal. But yeah. he wants to buy the opal right there. Yeah. Uh, they're still behind the bulletproof glass. It's mm-hmm. very stressful, tense. It is very stressful. A lot of yelling. And the buzzing and the ringing and the yelling. Damani's like, like knocking on the glass. Yeah. Uh, they eventually get in. And Garnett says, all right, just give me my ring now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the ring. So Howard comes up with this, this excuse and says he left it in Long Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets the opal back. Though. Yeah, he, he gets the opal. Um, at this point, Damani's on to Howard. Yeah, Damani follows Howard back into his office, and he's like, "What the fuck, man? I'm setting up the sale. Garnett was gonna buy the stone right there. Yeah, but he doesn't because of the auction. Also, Howard wants a million dollars. Yeah, for this for this stone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Garnett only had 175 thousand. Yeah. Um. But Howard says, uh, "Go come to the auction on Monday, mm-hmm. and then um, you can get it if you bid on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, Damani's going through the safe, trying yeah. to get his watches back, but there's only two there. Yeah, and a bunch of in- empty cases. Yeah. Oh, no, the boxes aren't even there. Because oh, the oh. boxes were the... The official part of it, because oh, the boxes okay. were real. The, yeah, the, he said the boxes the, are hell of expensive, The watches man. are fake. Yeah. yeah. Um... Tomani's pissed off. He says, I'm going to start working for Flawless instead. Like, our deal is I bring people into your jewelry store, mm-hmm. get a commission off what you could sell to them. Yeah. But uh, I've got Garnett here with money and you're not making it happen. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that. That's a lot of money for him, for the money. Yeah. yeah. But of course, while this is all happening, there's something else stressful happening because Howard gets a call from his doctor with the yeah. test results from the, the colonoscopy. That's what it's called colonoscopy right? there we go yeah you're right there's colonoscopy i don't know colonoscopy, colonoscopy. uh the results are that uh the it's polyps benign. were benign yeah which is amazing because i was expecting it to be like a serious man type of thing yeah where it's, it's like, like the one good thing that happened in this movie is that he doesn't have colon cancer <laughs> yeah and he's talking about how relieved he is because it runs in the family he says what's the what's the deal with jews and colon cancer i thought we were the chosen ones right um, and uh, we don't have great uh digestive systems historically right. i love the line the doctor says hey don't don't speak badly about colon cancer colon cancer paid for my house in the hamptons yeah so it's like the doctor too is a person that uh, is profiting off the the suffering of others. Mm-hmm. It's just the the this whole world is just people trying to get one up on each other mm-hmm. with their bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So 2012. Good thing we don't live like that anymore. You know, what right. I mean? <laughs> glad things have really changed <laughs> yeah. for the better. Um, the Manny is is pissed off. Um, and like while he's getting the news. 
the good news from his doctor, Damani, uh, pours, I don't know, something purple, like cough syrup or something, into his fish tank mm-hmm. to kill his fish. Yeah, they, uh, and, he, and he just storms out. Yeah. Howard gets a, a glass, rescues one little clownfish. Yeah. Let's call him Nemo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got a little Nemo in a glass on the desk. Yeah. Poor, poor fish. Uh, now that Howard's got the opal, he's got to go to uh, to Adley's to drop it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, on his way out, we run into Julia. Yeah. It's just coming in at any time she pleases. Yeah. Uh, with a smoothie. Yeah. If you're going to show up late, don't show up with a drink. Yeah. He's pissed <laughs> off. And, uh, I mean, the most fucked up thing he could do is, like... Knock it on her. Mm-hmm. He fucking knocks the smoothie all over her mm-hmm. and keeps it moving. Yep. Yeah. We we don't actually uh, get the scene of him dropping off the opal. The next scene is uh, the Seder Passover meal. Mm-hmm. Judd Hirsch coming in mm-hmm. as a uh, gooey. Yeah, as Howard's father-in-law. Mm-hmm. And also a uh, big surprise. Arno's at the Seder. Yeah. Is he part of the family? He's part of the family. I, love, I was table? so confused the first time I saw this because I was like, wait, did they mention that? They don't. Yeah. It's such a good reveal. How, uh, Arno's just st- sitting across mm-hmm. the table from Howard, yeah. just giving him just such dirty looks. Right. And it, it also makes sense because earlier when they were, uh, the car scene, mm-hmm. um, he kept saying Arno, Arno, Arno. Like he was just trying to be like, Hey, I know you. He was trying to make that personal right. connection with him. And Arno was like, don't say my fucking name. Yeah. And it's because they're family. Right. Yeah. And that's how Arno heard that, uh, <laughs> Howard was resurfacing his pool. Yeah. He knows Howard has money. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? I've never resurfaced anything. <laughs> um, uh, Howard's on his phone. He gets uh, texted a link from Julia. It's mm-hmm. um, uh, when when Howard's uh, through the the smoothie interface, he said, "That's it. Get your shit out of my apartment. Yeah, I want to see you anymore." Yeah, he spills a drink on her and kicks her out. Yeah, oh. so he gets a he gets a texted a link from Julia. It's pictures of it, the empty apartment on Zillow, mm-hmm. like she's gonna be selling it or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then. He uh, he's got to read out the plagues. That's what that is. With yeah, the, the yeah. finger dipping. Yeah, you read the plague, the ten plagues, and you dip uh, your fingers in the wine, a drop of wine for each of the ten plagues. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a good if you're gonna pick a, a part of the seder to talk about. It's like it's like the play thing where it relates to the the rest of the movie. This is a mm-hmm. um. The, all the events of this movie are set in motion because of the, the ills of society. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go over them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, now they're watching basketball. And Garnett, without the opal, is having a real bad game. Yeah. It was, uh, it was his good luck charm, and now he's without it. Yeah, that drive is gone. Uh, Judd Hirsch is complaining about Arno, who is we learn is a non-Jewish uh, son-in-law to, to Judd Hirsch. Yeah, and uh, like, not a very welcome part of the family. He said, you see that guy over there? You know what he said to me? He said, happy holiday to me. Happy like holidays. It's, like yeah. it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a scene with Howard going into the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he's out, when he leaves the room, uh, Arno's there just waiting for the bathroom. Yeah. And it's like this... 
interaction where like Howard now, because I guess it's his family and Arno's the outsider. He has the power between the two of them. He says, oh, you're not so strong without your goons, huh? Does he tap him on the cheek? Yeah. Yeah. And he like calls us, he calls Arno a pussy. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck, Arno? Can we just talk? Can we just talk? And Arno's like, no, don't, don't talk to me. Yeah. Uh, they're having a good night everything's going so well and he uh howard is enjoying the family time and so he goes to his wife and it's just like you know i know we said we were gonna do it here but how about we not in fact how about we don't do it at all and give it another go yeah she is uh trying on her old bat mitzvah dress that yeah. she still fits <laughs> she just looks ridiculous mm-hmm. short little pink dress but yeah he's like trying to sell her on yes. staying with the marriage of sell course her. because he just shunted uh shunned uh julia yeah out of his life so now he's like it's like he treats his personal relationships the same way he treats his business dealings yeah He's from like, one to the next, from one to the next, from one yeah. to the next, back and forth, back and forth. It's uh, so like, come on, uh, what what do you think? Say yes. What do you think? <laughs> no, she pretty much laughs in his face, and it's just yeah. like, I hate your face. I hate everything about you. Like, no, are you crazy? She says, if I had my way, I'd never see you again. Yeah, she meant that shit, and he, I don't. Somehow it leads to him being like, uh, I'll let you punch me in my face or something. Mm-hmm. And so she, like, jumps at him like she's going to yeah. do it, but she doesn't actually do it. Yeah. They kind of just have a good laugh at that moment. Right. And then that 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 situation is broke up because all the w- women that are in the house, they come in there and just like, oh, my God, you still fit in your dress. And it's like yeah. that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they're on the way home, but Howard's going a different way. He says the, tun- the tunnel has less traffic than the bridge. Very New York thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh but it's really that he wants to stop at his apartment. Yeah. Um, and he's really hoping that Julia is really not there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. This part, I'm not sure about what he's expecting to see in the apartment. Is he, is he expecting it to be empty? I based think on the, so. Because the he kept looking he was at, the, at, the, at, the, at, the, at, the, um, at the clock. Right. He kept looking at the time. Like he was timing her. Like I hope she's out. I hope I gave her enough enough time to get out of there. Hmm. Well, uh, his son's got to take a shit. Yeah. So he's got to go up to the apartment with him. Mm-hmm. But doesn't Howard want doesn't him. want him in the yeah. apartment because there's proof there of his mistress yeah, that there's a risk uh, there is a secret from his children. Mm-hmm. So he uh, knocks on his neighbor's door. Yeah, he's, he's just the father from good off. times. Yeah, John Amos is there. John Amos. I love that. It's like the third person now who's playing themselves in, yeah. a, in the just movie. Just another New York resident. But yeah, he's just a guy that lives in the apartment complex. But yeah. he's not... He's <laughs> doesn't let his son use that bathroom. So yeah. he goes to another neighbor, mm-hmm. lies to him, says the son's just going to go number one, mm-hmm. even though we know he's going to shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard goes into the apartment. And we see that Julia cleaned, cleaned her stuff out. Yeah. Her stuff's gone. We see the empty hangers. And we see a note that says, like, I, I genuinely wish the best for you. And there's, like, this sad heartbreak song playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's in the clear, right? You think he made it through? Nope. Unscathed. Nope. But no. Uh, the son finds out about the mistress anyway. Because yeah. the, the guy whose apartment he's uh, 
quote unquote peeing in, <laughs> uh, mention that there's a girl that's always at the apartment and that yeah. she's really hot. Mm-hmm. And but Howard says ne- never mention that to anyone. Yeah. And the son, you just look at the son's face and he's just put in this awkward situation. Yep. Um, because he probably like he idolizes his dad. Mm-hmm. He wants to be like his dad, but also like he probably spends most most of his time with his mother. Right. Yeah. So he's just yeah. Uh, now it's the next day. They're at Adley's, the auction house, and the Opal has been reappraised not for millions of dollars, but for only a hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. And Howard's not happy about that. Yes. So they get. He makes the, he's very rude to the the de- woman at the desk. Yeah, uh, makes her get uh, Anne on the phone. Tilda, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, he's trying to get it reappraised or to get the reappraisal taken out. They like inserted mm-hmm. the, the correction into the brochures, and then he does this thing where like he lies to the the woman at the desk about what the conversation was. Yeah. Okay, she said we have to take all these out. Yeah. But then he like gives up on it as soon as um his father in law comes in. Yeah. Because and like she had, also like goes back and like is like right. actually I'm gonna ask her to make sure. No, she says, Oh, I'm just calling about a different thing. Yeah, it's a different thing. <laughs> but clearly she's trying to get the info because she's yeah. not stupid. And he's so intense. But then he like immediately drops it when uh when Judd Hirsch comes in. Yeah. Uh new they, plan. They had mentioned before that Garnett's gonna be at the auction. Mm-hmm. So uh I guess it's his nephew. Or, yeah, who's who's the the guy with him though? The, I'm the not kid sure. who just wants the signatures. I think it's his son. Okay. I guess I wouldn't be nephew. That would be brother-in-law. No, I don't know. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so his father-in-law shows up. So so his, the guy can meet Garnett, and now Howard asks him. To uh, jack up the bids. That's his new plan. Yeah. To get the most money out of this Opal as he can. Mm-hmm. And he does it for him. Yeah. Uh, Arno shows up to the auction. Mm-hmm. Standing in the back just watching. Yeah, it's like all these components are happening to make every scene so intense, right? So you have Arno walk in and then you have uh, the bid starting and him looking over at Gooey every time. Being like, yeah. Do it, do it, do it. And Arnold just watching this go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garnett and Gooey go back and forth with their bids for a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, Garnett doesn't go over Gooey's bid of $190,000. Yeah. Howard really wanted it to get to at least two hundred grand. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, his father-in-law ends up having to buy the Opal. Yeah. The worst <laughs> situation, the worst outcome, outcome of that situation happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walks Gooey to the car, uh, manages to get the Opal back yeah. that, that he yeah. just spent $190,000 on. Mm-hmm. But he says, no, I need this back so I can now go and sell it to Garnett. Yeah. He's uh, he's going to pay him back. It's just going to take him some time. But there's a bonus of 38000 in it for him. So he gets that one ninety plus thirty eight. Yeah. Um, once he gets Gooey in the car and the door closed... He there's just this brief moment where he just treats the driver like complete shit, mm-hmm. and it's just any opportunity he gets, he just treats uh, someone that's just doing the job just yeah. like garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like what what are you doing? Drive, get him out of here. Yeah, 
But it's mostly like he wants shot. he wants him out of there because Arno's outside waiting with his goons and he mm-hmm. knows shit's going to happen and he doesn't want him to see. Yeah. So he's talking to Arno and Phil and other goons and he fakes a phone call. He says, it's yeah, fine, I'm going to call Garnett right now. You saw him in there, he wants the opal. But Arno just grabs the phone and is like, hello, hello, there's no one fucking on here. Yeah. So he gets hit in the throat. Yeah. Beat up <laughs> and thrown in a fountain. Yeah. He like chases them down. You think after a throat chop, you would just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to take my opal and walk the other way. He, does, does, he doesn't nah, quit. He wants it. He needs it. <laughs> He's glutton for punishment and just like just this manic lifestyle that he lives. So yeah, he gets beat. He gets beat up. Yeah, now he's back at his office with mm-hmm. a like napkin in his or a paper towel in his nose. Yeah, he's, he's definitely nose. dressed up. To it's more of a of a look. <laughs> you know, he wants he wants. To, I feel like when when he goes into his office, he knows Julia is gonna be there. So he's just like, like how can I look worse? Because hmm. he probably thinks her react, like, knows, like, her reaction is going to be what it is, which is, like, to, like, coddle him. I think he was also beat up pretty bad, though. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he was exaggerating. It was, a, I feel like at a certain point, I started to think, like, okay, so, like, how are the wills turning in this, in this machine? Like, is he, like, planning this? Like, he broke up with her, and now he's going to get her back. Like, was this, like... Like a move, like a move mm. forward and a move back for him. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, we get a, a brief shot of Nemo in the glass on the desk. Now dead, of course, because <laughs> uh, Howard just left him there. He has so many plates spinning, he can't uh, yeah. take care of fish. And yeah, he, uh, he tells everyone to leave. Mm-hmm. He says, I don't want to work today. Get everyone out of the office. They all leave. Julia comes back to the office and mm-hmm. uh, she's got something to show Howard. Yeah. She feels so bad about everything that happened. Yeah, she's the one that's sorry. Right. She shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, she's apologizing, and she shows that she got his name tattooed on her. Yeah, right on her ass. To show the his her devotion to him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's real. Yeah. And they, like, they cry together, like, they're coming together, mm-hmm. and, they, you know, it's a rekindling of mm-hmm. sorts, you know, in desperate times. And he gets a call from Garnett's rep. Apparently they're at the bank. Yeah. They got his message. They're getting 175,000 in cash again. They're going to finally sell the opal. Yeah, everything is uh back in motion. And you know what? This is why I say like he dressed himself up to get that reaction out of her because when everything goes back to like the plan is back in motion, he's like in his shades, the tissue out of his nose, he looks fine. Like hmm. everything is like back to normal. Like the game is back on. Yeah, know? right. Um, so yeah, Garnett comes and, uh, Garnett wants to have a little talk with him first. Yeah. Cause Garnett's pissed off. Like, what, what, you gave me the runaround. You yeah. had, you had your guy bid against me at the auction. What, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, him out. Yeah. Uh, they make the sale. Once they make the sale, Garnett says, now tell me for real, how much did you pay for this? Yeah. We find out he bought it for a hundred thousand. Yeah. But he wanted a million. But he thought it was worth a million. Yeah. Garnett thinks it's fucked up yeah. that he uh, took advantage of the the miners who got it for him, who did the work. Right. But um, Howard says, no, yeah, they did their work. I did my work. This is how I win. This is yeah. like you playing basketball. This is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah. Just like because like 
the and the way like Adam like delivers it, and he's just like, you know, when when you're playing out out there on on, on the court, do you want to win by two or do you want to buy thirty? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I want to like crush, I want to win, I want to demolish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so like he's saying this, and he's like he's also amping, um, KG up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then he has like it's like it's so beautiful, like the the. The, the hypeness that's happening and like the synths that are playing. And then like this, there's this moment where he like pauses and then he's just like, let's bet it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's giving himself the pep talk. Yeah. He's buying his own shit <laughs> is what was happening. Yeah. He says, fuck it. Cause now he's got this money instead of uh, paying back Arno mm-hmm. and still having $75,000, right? Or 70. Yeah. Cause yeah. he only owed a hundred grand. Yeah. He would still have money. <laughs> But no, he, he can't. He's got to keep going. He's, gotta he's got the money going. in his possession, so he's got to, fuck it, let's make this bet. Yeah. Puts it in the bag, writes his bet down on a post-it note. Uh, Arno and his goons show up. Yeah. Also, the other non-threatening guy that he owes money to is there as well. Yeah, they're keeping the him in the back, yeah. saying, don't even let that fucking guy in. Yeah. He's there with the watch. Yeah. They found out was fake. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls Julia... He says, come back here. Yeah. No, he actually says, go next door. Yeah, and go out to the, the window. window. Yeah. He does this in front of KG. KG can see how fucking crazy he is. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, Julia excuses herself, um, goes next door uh, to, to the next jeweler, goes outside and, and grabs the bag of money. Mm-hmm. Right? She's off to uh, Mohican Sun mm-hmm. Casino. Where's Mohican Sun? Is that in New York? Is a Mohican son in New York, or does she like have to like fly to Vegas? Was it AC? Maybe AC. AC would make more sense. Yeah, not sure. Um, I love the shot of them both standing, like leaning out the windows. It's Mm -hmm. like from outside we see, Mm -hmm. and the exchange passing the money over. Yeah. Uh, And then uh, he had called Arno and said, "It's for real. I got the money. Come down." So they're down. Um. But, but of course, now he already gave away the money. Yeah. <laughs> For the second time. This is the second time he did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're beating him up. They're make, telling him to get on the phone. Yeah. It's getting, get it's Julia getting serious. To yeah. They hang him out the window. They send two of their guys out to try to follow Julia. Yeah. Uh, so now it's just Arno, Phil, and one of the other goons. Yeah. Uh, Howard won't cancel the bet. He's like starting to. To write yeah. the number down, yeah, but he can't bring himself to do it. Yeah, he can't hit that last button. And he's like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. After they just hung him out of the window. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, they, they're they trying to leave to because they see on the computer that uh, Joy is on her way to Mohegan Sun. Mm-hmm. So, they're like, all right, let's go there. Yeah. Uh, but they get through the one door. Yeah. And the thing, I don't know what it was, the little metal piece that Howard used to... It's like a, like a chisel. Yeah, the chisel he used to uh, to jam in the door to get it to work mm-hmm. when um, KG and Damani were stuck in it. It falls out. Yeah. And you get the close-up on the chisel just on the ground. Yeah. And it makes like the clink. Yeah. And I like that it's also like, it's kind of like the, the light bulb going off almost. Yeah. Like... Um, 
it's like he got lucky that this happened mm-hmm. and he sees this opportunity there yeah. behind bulletproof glass stuck. Yeah. The game's about to start. Yep. And they canceled I, the last bet. Yeah. He doesn't want that to happen again. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I'm sorry, guys. I, I can't let you out. I can't let you stop this. So they're pretty much stuck in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil's got his gun. He's about to shoot it. But uh, Howard's like, you're just going to hurt yourself. It's bulletproof. Yeah. Um, and uh, the game begins. It's game seven, it's game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals, yeah. 2012. Julia gets there. She makes the bet. I love when she just dumps the money out. It's a lot of money. Because the, the, the lady still is like, so how much How much do you want to bet? And Julia's like, um, I don't know. And then she just dumps the bag mm-hmm. out. And then she has to call back up to count the money. <laughs> uh, when Julia was on the on her way there on the helicopter, on, on Blade, which I guess is Uber for helicopters. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Wayne... This a pretty gross billionaire is mm-hmm. in the ride with her. I guess it was a a, a, share. a, a blade share, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he's uh, like hitting on her, and then later invites her up to his penthouse. He's, the one of the like um, minor character minor characters describes him as a cartoon character, right. and I would say that's accurate. Yeah, like, like there are people that look like this out in the world, and it's just like yeah. Yeah. He has like he almost looks like Elvis in disguise. Oh, I think he looks kinda like Mickey Rourke. Kind of, yes. <laughs> yes. Um So yeah, now it's game seven. I'm glad that I didn't know that like the outcome of this game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some people watching it remember mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it helps the dramatic tension to have no idea. Yeah. Um so it's a complicated bet. With more of those lightning points, it like relies on like how many rebounds and points and yeah. the tip off. Garnett gets the first tip. Yeah, which is a lot of money. He put a lot of money yeah. in that tip. Um, it's working out. Uh, I don't have many notes about the details of the game until the end of it. Do you have? Yeah, me neither. Um, I mean, Arno is starting to get into it. He's starting to pay attention. And the game is so so close point wise that you start to get worried that this is gonna crumble right in front. Right, of it you. could go either way. Yeah, it could go either way at at some point. They're like both at like seventy or something. Mm-hmm. They're both in the seventy. Like it's a real tight game. Yeah, uh, Sandler's performance of Howard watching the game is so just it's just wild. He's got the TV out. He's like hitting the LCD screen and like yeah. kissing it when it's like a close up on Garnett yeah. and yeah. like he's doing that thing he was doing earlier but the stakes are even higher this time. Yeah. Because we, the guys are like in a box with a gun right in front of him. Uh Julia recognizes the goons that are now at Mohegan's son. Mm-hmm. Uh so she Sneaks up, sneaks away, and gets up to the penthouse. Yeah, she, she uses the guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he decides to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's just got the game on. She's really into it. Mm-hmm. We get a, a short scene, uh, I guess, during halftime of KG in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Oh, just staring at the opal. Mm-hmm. Just uh, really getting into it, yeah. feeling it. Um. And then it gets to a point where uh, Garnett needs one more point or rebound, mm-hmm. and he's shooting free throws. 
Yeah. Very dramatic. Yeah, he misses the first he shot. He misses the he, first one. But, uh, yeah. But he gets the second. Yeah. And that's it. And now and now the Celtics just need to win the game. Yeah. And there's, it. like, 45 seconds left, and they're mm-hmm. up by, like, eight points or something. Mm-hmm. Um, And it happens. Yeah. They win. They win. The bet, it paid thing. off. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a sigh of relief. Oh, yeah. He calls Julia. He's running around in circles, repeating, I love you, I love you, I love you, yeah. I love you. And she's celebrating. Yeah. And um, the, the the guys in the in the man trap are just happy that it's over. Yeah, they start to stand up. Okay, we're, we're done now. You yeah, can let us over. out. Mm-hmm. So he buzzes them out. Yeah. Buzzes them in, actually. Yeah, he buzzes them he in. should have buzzed them out. Yeah, he should have buzzed them out. Because <laughs> um. immediately buzzes, buzzes them in. Phil's got his gun. Shoots Howard in the face. Yeah. Howard collapses. I love this camera movement. It just shoots, like, as the shot happens, mm-hmm. like the gunshot, the camera shoots upwards, and we mm-hmm. see uh, Howard's body in, like, the reflection. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, kind of distorted. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. it's And, and it, it happens so quick. Mm-hmm. A gunshot to the head is just, like, so like I don't know what's the word um, thrilling thrilling like thrilling because it like it happens so quickly because mm-hmm. like there's no coming back from it. Right. It's kind of like that scene in Departed, you know, where uh, Leo gets shot in the head and he's just like, "Wait, what?" And that's <laughs> it. That's it for his character. Like, yeah. There's no more. There's it's not a wound. Yeah, it's a, it's a shot to the head. Right. So yeah, he's done. He's down. Ar- Arnold's like, why the fuck did you do that? The yeah. bet paid off. Because by this point, at the end of the game, Arnold's like kind of buying into Howard's shit. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it worked. Yeah. The bet worked. The bet worked. They got their money. And also, when they actually, when they uh, went to go hang him out the window the first time, that was the first time that you can see concern on Arnold's face for Howard. Yeah, I, I really, this is um Eric Bogosian is uh, the actor that plays Arno. Mm-hmm. I really like his performance in this. I've seen him in some other stuff on TV mm-hmm. in um, Billions and on uh, Succession. Mm-hmm. Both uh, two different characters. He's a, yeah, he's a good actor. Yeah, and he's I, really good. I, he, he plays Arno really well. Yeah. And I mean, so- the guy that plays Phil is great too. You can just tell that guy's trouble. It's not really surprising when mm-hmm. he, I mean, it is, but also... It makes sense. At one point when they were watching the game, um, uh, Howard was talking shit on Phil because apparently he's from Boston. Yeah. He's like pointing to some uh, overweight guy in the stands, says this is one of your family members, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, Arno becomes a hostage as well. Right. right? He becomes the, the opposed as well. Um, Julia, on the other hand, uh She's smart. She's a smart girl. She knows she's being followed. Mm-hmm. Um, she also knows that she can't collect the money. Right. So, again, she uses that that man Wayne. that's been hitting on her mm-hmm. to grab the money for her. Yeah. yeah. It's real smart. Two bags of money. Uh, Phil and his partner uh, start robbing the, the store. Yeah. And... Uh, Arno's resisting, and Arno gets shot too. Yeah, he gets shot in the head as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we zoom into the Howard's bullet hole. Yeah, and it's the it's a whole galaxy again. Yeah, it end credits it ends like it begins. Yeah, the yeah. only two moments where Howard has any sign of chill is in the very beginning when he's on anesthesia, mm-hmm. and the very end when he's dead. When he's dead. 
He's just nonstop otherwise. Yeah. Even him dying um, is, a, is, a, is a bit of relief. It's a bit like a, you can breathe. I remember when I first watched it, I was kind of just like, yeah, that makes sense. Like it, it had to, it kind of had to go that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was kind of like the perfect ending. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, what does he do? He takes that money and then he makes another, he makes a bigger bet. Right. <laughs> the Celtics are now advancing to the, to the finals. Yeah. So exactly. he knows, he knows KG still got the Opal, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if the Celtics won that uh, year. I'm not sure. Yeah, I should do. I'm a fan. You are? Yeah, I'm a Celtics fan. I didn't know you were into basketball in any way. I'm kind of, kind of. I'm like half in, half I've out. never seen you watching basketball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of like picked a team when I was younger, and so I kind of like stick with them, and so mm. I follow them. I follow their stats and stuff, but like, I don't really Why like Boston? watch it. Why Boston? Um, I don't know. I was really young. All my friends were into basketball. They were like Kobe Bryant and like Celtics, not Celtics, Laker fans. And really? so not I'm Nets? like- Huh? I was. I would have think Nets. Nets because of yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Nah, I was just like Celtics. I was just like, and also probably because of the color green, mm. like very superficial. And then like once I made that choice, I started like really getting into them and being like, oh, I like Paul Pierce. I like Rajon Rondo. And then they got the big three with um, Ray Allen. Okay, you're yeah, kind I of mean, a basketball I fan. Kind I got of, you. <laughs> like, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Learning a little bit about you here. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, yeah, perfect perfect ending, perfect ending to this story, to this character. I mean, he was just so manic Mm -hmm. that death was like the only way out. It was the only solution. It wasn't going to be the colon cancer. Yeah, it wasn't going to be the colon cancer that took him out. It's Phil. Yeah. Phil, who who kills him and takes chump change compared to what he won. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, that jewelry, whatever they took, doesn't equal to the amount of money money that he won that night. Plus, he's going to have to, like, find a fence to sell the jewelry to get any money from it. Yeah. Uh, I would, I, honestly, and I'm not someone that is rooting for sequels to, uh, movies like this. Mm -hmm. It it doesn't really feel like a franchise film. I feel like there's more to Julia's story. She gets off with the money. She, she gets off with the money. She doesn't know what's going Oh, I forgot to mention, we see uh, Dina calls the police. So mm-hmm. police are on the, their way. Yes, yeah, she's worried. Because she's worried because her husband was naked in the trunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind a, a, a sequel centered on Julia. Right. I mean, I maybe would. I don't know. It's like, what does she do with all that money? I've just been watching a lot of Coen Brothers stuff, and there's always like large sum of mo- sums of money that people get that get them into trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Is she gonna get into betting or or what? Like, how's that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she lost her love. We know she was in love with him. Yeah. We we know it was genuine. Mm-hmm. But I like that she gets she gets it at the end. Yeah. I guess she gets that money. Yeah. Yeah. She wins. All right. Is Uncut Gems a movie or a film? It's a film. You know, I was prepared to say movie before mm-hmm. I rewatched it this fourth time. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. It's a film. Yeah. The the Shafty brothers, they have such a, such a style to mm-hmm. them, right? They have such a style, not only visually, but also sonically. Yeah. Uh, I'm very interested to see if they continue, like... Um, 
the trend that they have set and the mm-hmm. work, you know what I mean, and continue that that path. But yeah, I think like their appro- approach to like to this and to their past work makes this a, a, a film. Yeah. So it's definitely got that nuance that, that you need to classify as film. I think the, the depth is, uh, not readily apparent. I mean, I didn't fully catch everything till even this watch, just the, just the working around like all these people, just the, the problems with everyone trying to fuck each other over and mm-hmm. place value make up value on stuff and it's just the the world's so fucked up <laughs> the business and yeah. um yeah the and my mind always goes back to the just the beginning with the the miners uh yelling at the the foreman mm-hmm. about the boss that conditions are bad but they're being exploited everyone's just exploited yeah for for the gain of others and yeah. um everything in the in the uh film points back to that yeah. It's the, uh, and even like the end credits when we go into the hole and it's the galaxy again, it's like the, the cosmic, uh, oneness of, of everything. The, the universe. Yeah. The gem or the bullet hole is the gem, is the colon, is yeah. Kevin Garnett, is the miners. Yeah. Yeah. That's uncut gems. That's uncut gems. It's dope. Um, yeah. and it's really intense. I feel like when we were talking about it, I was just like, we're talking about it, but we're not really getting how intense some of these scenes are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, I would recommend watching this movie and like, right. put your phone down. <laughs> I think it's hard to have your phone out during yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely just like, it, it grabs you. Glued, like, oh yeah. my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my it's goodness. a, it's a, it's like watching a, a train, uh, wreck yeah. or a car crash mm-hmm. can't look away yeah how, i train you know it's gonna crash, crash and you're just character. like let me watch how this happens mm-hmm. yeah and the way it happens is, is kind of perfect the yeah. bet it the is, bet works yeah. out but then he's shot yeah the price of victory yeah 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 okay uh we're on social media at Movie Film Pod, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We have a YouTube now. Oh, yes, we do. We are all over the medias. Yeah. Uh, we're on Gmail, moviefilmpod at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, let us know how you're doing, what you're watching. Yeah. Uh, let us know how you win. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're doing more high stakes. We're, we're going to do a different kind of stakes. Yeah, should we let them know what they're what, what doing so they can watch it or should we just surprise oh, them we've that? never done that before no because we never like we never planned but now now we're planning things out so i don't know i like the surprise you like the surprise okay okay Wait, so. how about a hint and then people can guess okay people can give their guesses okay um what's the hint okay it's it's uh i feel like that's too much i don't know what you're gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's a game. Yeah. It's a game. It's a, it's a different kind of game. It's, it's a not, different it's kind not of game. The, it's not the Celtics. Yes. And the Sixers. It's mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. And the stakes are high. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> and you can listen to that next week on movie. Movie. Film. Film. That was a long one. Yeah, it's a long one.